Hi, everybody. I'm Doug Bosch for the filling in for President Brennan as a guest host today for the Holy Family's podcast, Inside 8101, a look inside Holy Family Catholic High School. Today, my guest is alumnus Tanner Anderson, class of 2005. And we're recording this live at our daily convocation in front of 400 students, faculty, and staff on the very same court that Tanner played basketball on 15 years ago. I was Tanner's theology teacher for three years, and I got to tell you, I'm very honored to have the opportunity to interview you for, for this podcast and to not only watch your story here as a student, but what you've done after you graduated. So welcome back, Tanner. Let's welcome him back, Holy Family. And a big welcome to everyone who is listening to this uh, podcast across the country. Uh, Tanner Anderson is an actor, producer, and president of Make It, Take It Productions in Hollywood, California. On Friday of this week, his first full feature movie called Turkey Bowl will be released in theaters nationwide in partnership with Lionsgate. Today, our conversation is going to focus on Tanner's journey from student athlete at Holy Family to movie producer and actor in Hollywood. And I'm sure he's gonna have some lessons to share with us of what he's learned along the way and some great memories. So what's your normal hairstyle? Do you usually have it in the cornrows or do you usually wear it like that? The cornrows was definitely a choice. Uh, I rolled up to set that day and I was like, Sonny D is a complex fellow. He's going to have cornrows when he DJs, but he's only going to have it flowing down like he looks like Jesus all every other time. So I go with the Jesus look on a day in and day out basis. And so I thought I'd bring it to the table here, guys. I should have done the cornrows though today. I'm just jealous. <laughs> I think Coach Tooley is too. Shots fire, boom, boom. <laughs> okay, now, Tanner, remembering you 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, heck, 18 years ago when you were a ninth grader. Yeah. Having you in class for the first time. Wow. You were tearing it up on this basketball court, <laughs> but I never saw you on the theater stage yeah. in, in high school. So how did you get from being this student athlete who didn't do theater in high school to now being in Hollywood, being an actor, writer, producer? Well, first off, uh, it's kind of cliche, but this is one of my dreams. Uh, it's coming true right now to come back and talk to all of you guys. Uh, I hike a canyon called Running Canyon every morning uh, with my dog, and I would always think about this moment and how we could have something out there and I can come talk to the students, to the students of a school that did so much for me. And so going back to that time when I was in high school, playing basketball and not doing theater. I was always into performance and performance art, and so I went to Hamlin University afterwards and played college basketball. Um, and when I was done playing basketball, there's like this hole left in your heart. And anybody that plays sports kind of knows what it's like to be in front of a crowd and performing from an audience and have people cheer you on. And so theater was the thing that filled that void, that immediate satisfaction and feedback from other people. And so when I got out of Holy Family and I was at Hamlin, I was about 19 years old and I realized that basketball wasn't my journey anymore. And I wanted to go out to Hollywood, I wanted to be an actor, I wanted to make movies. And I called my father up and I said, this is what I wanna do with my life. And to his credit, he said, that's great. I think you'd be perfect at that. But 
finish out your commitment to Hamlin. So I started doing everything in the interim, taking acting classes, doing improvisation, just because it was something, it is an itch that I needed to scratch internally for me, uh, because I just love performing in front of people. It was, it's, it's just, it's, it's a euphoric thing that you really can't explain. Now, you didn't come to Holy Family through the, uh, you know, you weren't a St. Hubert's kid, you no. weren't a Guardian Angels kid mm -hmm. or any from the Catholic schools. So you came from public school to Holy Family. Why did you choose uh, Holy Family and not go to EP? Well, uh, yeah, I went to Eden Prairie, K through eight. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I, I got bullied quite a bit at Eden Prairie. And so um, my, my parents thought it'd be good for me to go to a smaller school where to have opportunity to do more things. And when we were touring schools, Holy Family was in its first year of existence in my eighth grade year. So I went and looked at Benilde, I went and looked at Holy Angels, and I came and looked at Holy Family last. And um, I was walking these halls with my mother, who's right there. She's the treat lady on Wednesdays, by the way. Lynn Anderson, my mother right there. She started doing that my freshman year at Holy Family, and she's been doing it ever since. She doesn't even live in Minnesota, and she comes back for it to see all you students because she loves the school so much, just like I do. So we were touring schools when I was in eighth grade, and I went and looked at Holy Angels, Benilde, and Holy Family was the last school, and the, the second wing wasn't even open yet because there wasn't enough students. And we got down here by the gym, and I don't know, there's water fountains right there, and uh, Molly Baker was giving me the tour with my mother and she walks off and my mother looks at me and she goes, you know, it's a lot easier to go somewhere where it's already established and be a part of it. It's a lot harder to be the first to do something. But if you're the first to do something, it's a lot, it's a lot more gratifying at the end of the day. And that instilled in me that it's cool to be different. It's cool to go off the norm. It's cool to be yourself. And so Holy Family was a decision based purely on, I wanted to go to a school where I'd be accepted for who I was. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have that fear of, uh, of getting beat up every day and because of who I was. And then starting something new, a foundation, and you know, 20 years later, seeing all you students here and it's still going strong, it, it's, it's really, really incredible to see. Uh, for those who, uh, who who don't know the name Molly Baker, Mr. Maz, wasn't she your girlfriend back then? <laughs> uh, you know, just providing some context for y'all. <laughs> You're gonna call him out like that? <laughs> that wasn't a bad thing. Right? I know. Just you know, you said Molly Baker. They don't know who that is. So there's their uh, reference. That's reference funny. In. Making the world smaller. I was keeping them the down low. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, when we see movies, and 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 you know. Mar yeah. Those Marvel movies are yeah. forcing us to stay past all the credit rolls. Yeah. You know? And you see all these, you, you, you're reading, you know, uh, you know the, the grip guy and the, the, uh, the assistant to so-and-so. You know, by your, you know, next to, you know, you go to imdb.com and you mm -hmm. put in your name and you got acting credits, you have writing credits, you have producing credits yeah. now. Can you share a little bit with, with us who don't know that world? You know, what are the differences and, and uh, what do you enjoy more? And <laughs> uh, Well, on the Turkey Bowl, I, I was the producer and my producing partner is my friend, my best friend, uh, Edina High School graduate Anthony Fitzgerald here. <laughs> He's a uh, part of Make It Take It Productions with me. And um, we had 156 employees on the movie. And so you have everybody from the guy who hangs the lights to the person that mics you up to 
the person runs and gets coffee in the morning. So as a producer, you're essentially with it from the moment it's developed to the moment that it comes out, like Friday when it comes out um, nationwide. And so for Anthony and I and our production company, when we got hold of the script, um, we, we, we optioned the script from Greg Coolidge and Kirk Ward, and we went out and raised the financing for this, created business plans, went and talked to people, so we went and raised financing for it. And then once we had the financing in place, then we started uh, getting contracts in place for all of us and hiring actors, and we went down, we shot the movie in Oklahoma for three months, and so we went down to Oklahoma, started casting it out, and that's when you start hiring your crew, and then after you shoot, you have your editors, your post house, so there's a lot of things that go into it, but the producer is essentially the person that makes it all happen. We hired all the actors that you see in the movie, we commissioned the script, and so the, 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 the axis kind of turns around them, so that's, that's essentially what it is. And your love, your main love, is it producing, acting, or writing? Acting acting. Um, I do all of this so I have the opportunity to act because I can sit here right now and tell you guys, oh, it's an easy road. I have this movie coming out and you guys should all be excited and it's getting incredible feedback. Or I could be real with you. It's, it's tough. It's really, really tough and I didn't have a lot of opportunities to uh, go out there and audition and I hit a fork in a road moment where it was this thing that you love to do, you either give it up and go home or you figure out a way. And so for me, figuring out a way was, well, why can't I do everything? Why can't I raise the money? Why can't I produce it? Why can't I create it? It's not been done before, but who says I can't? And so for me, it was, if you either go one or two directions when you hit these fork in the road moments for me, and I, going back to that, that feeling of performing, I can never replicate that. And so I knew no matter what I did in life, if I walked away, I'd always have that missing piece of me. And you know, starting off at Holy Family, what a lot of you kids don't know, but the teachers that were here can attest to, it wasn't always an easy road, just like my career wasn't always an easy road. We you know, get kicked out of conferences, a lot of losing, things weren't set up here. And so everything that we built, the foundation, in those first years, it prepared me to find a way, find a way to succeed, find a way to build tradition, all these things. And you know, it really stems from going to school here. And that's not cliche or corny. That's actually the truth. So, that's, that, so acting is the answer, by the way. Right. <laughs> and the movie Turkey Bowl, um, thank you for giving me an opportunity to see it before the release yeah, date. Of course. I feel really special. Um, you, 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 have, you follow a character of, mm -hmm. of a guy who left his hometown, yeah. goes to make it in the big city, and, and to really, but loses a bit of himself and to find himself again, he has to go back to his roots. Um, mm -hmm. You went, you know, you know, Eden Prairie, part of Minneapolis area, but you know, going to LA and do you see any uh, of, your, of yourself in that story of oh, uh, yeah. Turkey Bowl? Oh yeah, we're living in the moment right now. I mean, this is home for me and I don't think you guys will know that unless you know me, but none of my family lives in Minnesota anymore. Um, as I, I alluded to with my experience at Eden Prairie, there's not a whole lot of good memories from those schools. Hamlin, same thing. Holy Family is where I found myself, where I became who I am, and it gave me the confidence to go forward. So when you talk about this narrative of the Turkey Bowl and this hometown, this guy who goes away and comes back to his hometown, his hometown is Putnam High. It's a physical town. 
But for me, it's Holy Family Catholic High School, and I don't want this to be a PSA about the school because um, this is this is this is how I this is the truth of how I feel. When you don't have family here anymore, you you're a little bit lost. You're a little bit lost because you don't have a home to go to. So whenever I come back here, it just feels like I'm at home again. And so for the character in the story, Patrick Hodges, he goes back and you know all those things that he had such great memories about, but might have lost. He rediscovers it. And he falls in love not just with the city, but with the people in it and those old friends. And, you know, the last few days being on all these shows and talking to everybody, it's the exact same way. I see Mr. Oconee Trio up there, and it's just like old times when we used to talk in high school. And Mr. Bosch sitting here and talking with you and making jokes at Coach Tooley. You know, this is, this is home for me. And so it's really, really refreshing to be back. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Well, we're honored and we're thrilled. And knowing, you know, the the stereotype of the you know the, the starving actor, you mm -hmm. know, trying to make it. Mm -hmm. And now you got Lionsgate, who uh, this big company that is going to distribute your film uh, nationwide. Um, what were you doing to make it? And now, how has your life changed, really, on a on a dime? Um, I was waiting tables at a restaurant. I know that's cliche too, because that's what all every actor does. But um, I, uh, there was years, I went to acting school right after I graduated from college, and um, I had an acting teacher tell me, she goes, you're one of the best actors that's came through here since Paul Rudd, but you're not going to work till you're 35. And I'm like, nah, man, you know, I'm going to get out there, I'm going to work right away, it's going to be a piece of cake. She's like, no, 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 let me tell you, you're not going to work until you're 35, because you're the six foot five big guy with a deep voice, but you have a baby face and you have this youthful energy about you that you need to age and you need to have some gravitas about you. And you know, you're, you're a kid who's arrogant and you, you think you have it all figured out and you know better than others. So I didn't believe her and she was right. <laughs> I didn't work. I couldn't even get auditions. I couldn't get an agent. So I was um, wallowing away at a restaurant called The Ivy, just waiting tables five to six nights a week to pay my bills. And um, I blew out my knee playing basketball. And I was all of a sudden went from, you know, this lifestyle and working and all that to being not able to walk for six months. <laughs> and so it, 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 you either figure out a way or you pack it up and go home. And I was just determined to not, you know, not fail. And so I started reading every book I could about producing, every single book I could about writing, and I just started doing it. And I didn't ask for permission, I was just doing it. I had six months. And so, um, you know, it, it was a real struggle. And I remember very vividly because I hatched this plan in the kitchen of my apartment in West Hollywood. And Anthony, who's sitting right there, um, I told so many people about this plan, but think about the waiter from your restaurant going, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna raise financing and I'm gonna write the scripts, I'm gonna act in the scripts, I'm gonna produce the scripts, and then you know, everybody's gonna call me crazy, but then in five years they're gonna see some proof of concepts and they're gonna call me a little less crazy and then in 10 years they might be calling me a genius because of my business plan. I'm living in a crappy studio apartment waiting tables and this is my idea and everybody thought I was nuts and I pitch it to Anthony one night and he looks at me and he goes, I believe you. I believe you're gonna do that. And I was like, really? <laughs> I don't even know if I believe it, but he gave me the confidence 
to believe in myself. And so, you know, it was, it, it was a long road. And um, we, we got the call on December 18th of last year. And um, full disclosure, I was, I was working for UPS, delivering packages, because I needed extra money to pay my bills. Because I had just done this movie, and it took up a year and a half of my time. We were weighing offers, but we had no money coming back to us. So I'm just indebted to all these investors, and they're all wondering what's going on. So I go and work at UPS for a month and a half, and I'm off my shift on a Friday, and I'm in my kitchen making spaghetti and tomato sauce because that's all I could afford. And I get this call that says, Lionsgate wants to buy your film. And um, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, and uh, Anthony called me, and he goes, they think you're a little less crazy now. And he hangs up the phone. And that was it. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Laura, we should have got tissues. I didn't know it was going to get like this. I have one, but I used it. Okay. <laughs> I'm good then. I will give that one to you. You know, listening to your, your story, and I can't imagine what, it, what it's like to face that constant criticism. You know, you, 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 if you get the call to a uh, audition and then to be told you're not this, you're not that, you, you have this, we don't want that, and then you don't get the callbacks. I mean, what does it take to, you know, to, to, to endure that experience and, yeah. and, and, and to keep the faith for as long as you have to, and to finally be successful? It, well, it's confidence built from failure. Um, and with this school, allowed me to do, which Eden Prairie wouldn't allow, was uh, try a bunch of things that I might not be good at. But whenever you fail, you're learning something. And it's like a callus. It gets built up and you become better. And those experiences are going to inform your successes. And so for me, I live by the life model of control what you can control. And I'm usually pretty good at adhering to it. But sometimes, you know, I'm a human being. I lose my confidence. I try to control the narrative a little bit. But all I can do is every day wake up and work my hardest, put that energy out into the world. I can't control what people think about me. I can't control whether they like what I do or not. I can't control if they're going to hire me. I can't control any of those things. But I can control what time I wake up in the morning. I can control how hard I work during the day. Those are the things that I can control in my life. And as I get older, I have the confidence, even when everybody is telling me I'm wrong, to still think I'm right in the sense of the journey that I'm on. Um, there's, not, there's not a perfect pathway for it. And so I have to just be really, really confident in what I'm doing and continue plowing on. And I have a great support system. I know I always can come back here. I can call up Coach Tooley. I have my mother, who's fantastic. I have Anthony. And so you have these people around you. Um, it really, really helps out. But um, you know, it, it stems from failure. It's not all roses and sunshine. And I actually. You know, I, I feel bad a little bit for, you know, the younger generation because everything is broadcast. Everything's online. If you guys could have seen my stuff when I was 23 years old, 24 years old, you'd have been like, oh, man, he's terrible. He doesn't have a chance. But I was able to fail in the privacy of my own home. And so, uh, yeah, I, just, just get out there, do it, and don't be scared to fail. Yeah. Thank you, Tanner. Yeah. All right, so we have five minutes left for the podcast, and I've got a list of questions here. But I, I want to hand it to you, and, and that you got all yeah. 400 students, 
um, people who are, they think they know their career path, they don't, they might be dreaming of something along the lines of what you experienced. Um, but you, you've lived a lot, you've uh, struggled a lot, mm -hmm. you've accomplished a lot. Um, in these final minutes, what are some um, parting uh, words of wisdom uh, that you would like to share? You don't have to have it figured out right now. You don't have to decide. It's okay to be a kid. It's okay. It's okay to try things. It's okay to go out there and do it. And just if you're, you know, just because you're a high school basketball player or football player and you're obsessed with that sport doesn't mean that's going to take you into a different avenue later in life. But always be true to who you are. Always be true to yourself. And don't change. Don't have different faces. Don't have different masks. Just be who you are because there's only one, one of you. Do you guys, you guys know Quinn? Quinn, is a student here? No? Quinn Jenkins? Stand up, Quinn Jenkins. Uh, Quinn, stand up. Uh, so Quinn interviewed me via uh, FaceTime a few weeks ago, and he did an absolutely incredible job. Incredible job. So thank you, Quinn, for that. But what I was saying to him in that interview is there's only one you of you. You're made wholly unique. And so if you try to be somebody else, you're gonna be lost. So be true to who you are, for good or bad, but then also listen and learn and take things with you along the way. So no matter where it takes you, as a, if you're an accountant, a doctor, a vet, whatever, it's your journey. You got one shot at this thing that they, that they call life. Do it the way you wanna do it. Don't do it the way somebody else wants you to do it. Go do it the way you wanna do it, because there's no take backs. And the worst thing that can happen is to live with regret. And so I really encourage you guys to go out there, try things, find your calling, and just don't play it safe because it's going to be a lot of hard work. It's going to be a lot of, it, my journey is far from over. There's still going to be a lot of obstacles along the way. But I hope if you take away anything from today, it's hard work, perseverance, and treating others well and knowing where you came from and having that foundation, it can lead you to many great places. So. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm really, really honored to be here. I wanted to do something real quick. Uh, can all the teachers that were uh, here when I was in school come down real quick, please? Ooh, this is Every single teacher that was here while I'm here, can you come down real quick right now? I just wanted to take a moment to recognize all these people up here real quick because we're up here, we're talking about movies and production companies and starting things. Without these people, and the obstacles they went through to get this school off the ground, to make it what it is today, none of you would be here. And that's as big of a task as going to making a movie in Hollywood or anything in life for that matter. So I would like you guys all to stand. Please give them a round of applause for these incredible people. I want to thank you guys for uh, allowing me to come out today uh, to speak with you all. Uh, I'm a proud alumni. Um, if anybody needs anything big or small, I I'm here. I love this school. Um, I'm always going to be an advocate for it. So um, I know a lot of you aren't 18 yet, so you can't go see the movie. It's but. Um, <laughs> But, what do you, but you can order it on Amazon and iTunes under your parents' account. They let you watch it. Um, go for it. But I hope you guys really, really enjoy it. And I can't wait to come back here again and talk about more stuff. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you, Tanner.